Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, it's Mike again. You can tell I don't have much of a life. I really don't. But then again, maybe I do. I have no idea at this point. Things didn't quite work out today so far as far as joining and getting uh, together with uh, Brad. I don't know what's going on there, so I returned my quest on Skype. I don't feel like harassing the poor guy. I do it. What's going on? Oh, my goodness. What's going on? What's up? I'll just do that and see what happens. Anyways, um, yeah, well, I'm going to do try to do uh, another part of this papal magic and the occult practices in the Catholic Church. Um, yeah, let's check out some things here. Uh, sometimes the Spirit puts, this is from David Nikeo. Is he posted this on December 21st. Sometimes the Spirit puts an idea in my heart and I run with it. I was led to a website that had many pages of images of skulls and bones that are revered in the Catholic Church. Most people won't read all of those pages to see the truth, so I created images that concisely tell the story they are easy to save and share with others. The Pope, uh, Pope's priests, Catholics, revere and pray to these skulls and bones. Messiah would never have his people revere them and pray to them. The Catholic Church is a cult of sorcery and death. No doubt some of these skulls are from saints whom they killed. Here is the pa- uh, page of the Roman Catholic Skull and bones. The Roman Catholic belief. Dot org. And then has a picture of a, a photograph here of the Saint Mundaitia's relics are found in a side altar at St. Peter's Church in Munich. They revere every year with a high mass and a procession of candles. Greetings, happy Sabbath. Sorry I didn't get back to you earlier. I went to the mountains of Sazamanar and Switzerland. I talked with my mother earlier, and she shared an article about the book she wants me to share with you. Let me see something here. Um, 
Would you be willing to join me and Zen Garcia at What am I doing? Spelling the word about eight thirty PM my time and talk about it and the lunar Sabbath. Two hours from now. Okay, and if he's killed, then I will try to get a hold of uh, Zen. I don't know if he's there or not. Pity he would be. Oh, he's, he's online. He says yes, then I'll get all his hand, and we'll have a cool show. Meantime, um, yeah, if you look at um, that's horrendous looking. Uh, it's all the skull is all de- uh, in some encasement, all and it looks like silver and gold ornamentation and jewels, and the eyes have these like fake eyes, and I don't know what's in them and all that. And it's just really grotesque, and. Um, Definitely a death cult. Roman Catholic fears skull and bones. Now you give an idea where the skull and bones come from, huh? The Roman Catholic study features images and shows how the Pope and priests and Catholics revere the prayers skull and bones. And then you got this one skull, um, and I will, I will just send this. If anybody joins me, I don't know if anybody doesn't. I didn't advertise anything, so I'm not gonna, but I will try to. Goes along with what we're reading today. So I don't know how far I got into this. Well, you know, I'm just going to go back from the beginning. Hopefully, this time I get a little further in this chapter from the papal magic and the cult practices and the Catholic Church by Simon. I don't know sure who he was. Sounds like a pseudonym, pseudonym, and I imagine it would be good the stuff he's talking about. Priestly authorities or demons and angels. One of the editions of the Grim War, uh, Pope Honorus, published in 1670, a few years before the La Voice in Scandal broke. And there we go again. See what's going on here. Uh, either or. Does not matter on my end. Would you like to do a show? Would you...
Okay. I, um, um, the law voice in scandal broke and begins with the citation from the Gospels, which is the whole basis of the church supremacy. In this reference, Jesus is speaking with Peter, who will become the first pope. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you seal on earth shall be sealed in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Matthew 16, 52, 19. <clears throat> I'm just feeling very sharp for a show, won't you, ours, but happy to jump in a visit. Let's do a show. Let's do a show then. Let's do a show then. Let's do a show then. <clears throat> Looks like we're going to be having a show tonight with uh, guests. <clears throat> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I did not read that right. We can just visit. Just visit. Okay, well, um, let's see what happens. We might be having to cancel this show. Uh, let's see if we can do this. Is eight thirty? PM. <clears throat> okay.
Vamos. Two hours. Correct. Cool. Hi, Zan. Okay, I'm sorry, well, let's pause. I'm so sorry about this delay. But I'm in the middle of uh, doing something that I probably should be doing a show. And that is trying to arrange for a visit between me and Brad and Zen. So, where was I this? Where was I? We Okay, so we're talking about the grim, grimoire of Pope Honoris published in 1670. And we were talking a few years before law uh, you voice and scandal broke. It begins with a citation from the gospel, which is the whole basis for the church supremacy. And this reference, Jesus is speaking with uh, Peter. No, 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 no. It's the wrong thing. This is too much for me to deal with, for my simple mind. Anyways, we were talking about this, the basis, and <laughs> this is getting crazy. Thanks. Looking forward to the visit with you and meeting Zen. So, 
Hopefully it happens. Anyways, they give me uh, enough time to uh, do this recording, finally. Sorry about the 15-minute delay, probably, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Anyways, uh, back to the reading. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you shall seal on earth shall be sealed in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be unbound in heaven. Matthew 16, 15 through 19. This is a proactive form of as above, so below, an maximum of the emerald table, table of Hermes, a favorite text of the Neoplatist philosophers. In short, it gives not only mundane power <clears throat> to the church, but a level of supernatural power that is unheard of in any other denomination, the ability to cause change to occur in heaven as well as upon earth. Anyone, any priest, any clergyman taking these words literally would understand that he possessed a degree of supernatural ability unparalleled in human history. The temptation to test these powers would, for some men, become irresistible. A lowly priest may attempt to investigate this potential at his own risk. But a pope or an archbishop or bishop would consider themselves virtually immune from any spiritual fallout owing to their high rank in the church and the fact that no one lower than a bishop in the hierarchy has the ability to perform all the sacraments, i.e. only the bishop or higher as a full priest, for only a bishop may ordain another priest and share in the consecration of other bishops. As for the Pope, there is no higher spiritual authority on earth for a Catholic and the Pope's who have been accused of trafficking in occultism and magic must have believed they were above the law. Jesus himself gave them the power to cause change to occur in heaven itself, thereby giving them the ability to virtually absolve themselves from any sin that might attach to their incantations over the black books. As we noted earlier, Pope Sylvester II was one of the of the earliest of these mystically inclined popes due to his studies among the Arab philosophers of Spain. He is considered one of the first to introduce Arabic numerals to so Arabic numerals to Europe. He was rumored to have built a mechanical head that would answer questions put to it by Pope by the Pope. Going back to that skull that we from Saint Mundetia's a relic that's found on the side altar of Saint Peter's Church in Munich. And they revere her every year at high mass. And I uh, just imagine in their insanity, they talk to these skulls and these bones. And there's just endless churches with bones in them. My goodness, talk about a death cult. And dead bodies and all sorts of things. It's just 
Anyways, um, so we talk about this, and this is underlying myth among many of the occult philosophers in the dark Middle Ages and the ability to create talking heads. Hence where you get the name talking heads from. Dead heads, talking heads. Benedict the Ninth Pontificate, 1032 to 44, 1045 to uh, 1047 to 48, was another, looks like uh, he was a pope twice. He was another pope suspected of magical pursuits, although his papacy was more notorious for his sexual indulgences than anything else, elected a pope at a young age of 11 or 12, really. Some say around 18 or 20. Either way, youngest pope on record, he was considered to be a demon from hell in the guise of a priest by St. Peter Damien in his text Liber uh, Gomor Binus. Gomor Binus. Something like that. Binus or Highness. Uh, it's either an H or a B. <clears throat> I think of Banius, Gamor Banius. Due to his homosexuality and it is said bestiology, uh, Benedict the Ninth is the only pope to have held the office for three separate terms of office. Oh, he had three times, okay. All due to political machinations and corruption. It is no wonder that he was also accused of sorcery and demonology. Pope Gregory the Seventh pontificate from 1073 to 85, while considered by many a saintly man who forcibly established priestly celibacy as a rule in the church, fought against corruption and strove for unity between the East, Eastern and Western churches, was nevertheless deposed on the grounds of sorcery and magic. It was, of course, political maneuver, and the evidence provided against him is suspect. The Dominican bishop, St. Albertus Magnus, was reputed to have a talking head like Sylvester II. This one, however, was smashed by his uh, pupil, St. Thomas Aquinas. Roger Bacon, from 1214 to 94, a Franciscan monk famous for his scientific research in the field of optics, among other disciplines, was imprisoned on suspicion of magic and sorcery by his own order. In actuality, he did study alchemy, the occult, and primarily Arabic or Arab treaties on these subjects, and was supported in his efforts by Pope Clement the fourth pontificate from 1265 to 68. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Rain popes. And also, you know, you can't really condemn a man for studying it. You really shouldn't, but it doesn't happen that way. And I know when I was a Mormon, I was pretty much condemned for reading the uh, the Quran, which, by the way, if you try to read the Quran, it doesn't make much sense anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> Without somebody explaining a few things, that's for sure. Pope Benefice, of course, then again, that's the same way with the Bible, isn't it? 
Hmm. Makes you think, huh? Pope Benefice the eighth was accused of sorcery in thirteen oh three AD by King Philip the Fourth, Philip Labelle of France, only a few years before he organized the wholesale arrest of Knight Templars on charges of blasphemy and devil worship, which led to the subsequent execution of their Grand Master Jacques de Molay in thirteen 13- 14, he says here. I've heard other dates. One thing is I, I fill up La Belle. Huh? Like Belle, Belle worship. You know what you find out? A lot of these guys, doesn't matter. There was no good guys in this stuff. They were all practice, practitioners of the black arts, it turns out. Like apparently, it has to be a necessity to be a leader in this world. Or, you know... The, Satan is the prince of this world, it turns out, uh, during another trial lasting from 1308 to 1313, Bishop Guchgard of Troyes was accused of sorcery magic in the murder of the queen. In 1317, Bishop uh, Cahors was burnt at the stake for his attempt on the life of uh, Pope John the... 22nd through magic and incantations. He was joined by Matteo Visconti and Galezo Visconti for the same crimes against the Pope. The same year, another man, a layperson, was convicted of the murder of several persons through the use of wax images that had been baptized by priests, whatever, that sounds weird. 1319, Brother Bernard Delicio, I guess that's how you pronounce it, Delicio, I don't know how you pronounce that, let's find out how you pronounce that, let's go there, let's Google search, and pronounce. Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for Google search and pronounce. Because uh, pronunciations I would not be able to do. Delicio. Delicio. So that's what is the, so Delicio, is that the right thing? I don't know. We'll find out. Let's get out of here before it goes into something else. Delicio. So Bernard Delicio. <laughs> Delicio. It's kind of close. Delicio. Was convicted of possessing occult and magical books in Carcassonne, France. And on and on throughout the 14th century, an incredible number of Catholic clergymen, including most importantly bishops and occasional popes, were accused, tried, and convicted of using occult means to rid themselves of political enemies. This was the same period that saw the suppression of the Order of the Knights Templar, the organization believed to have been the origin of the Masonic Order, that and uh, the uh, the Jesuits, I believe, and that would appear in uh, Europe in the 17th century and 18th centuries. And Jesuit before that, remember, who came first, the Jesuits or the Templars? Thus, as we can see, there is a certain pedigree of occultism among the Catholic hierarchy, by reputation, if not in fact, 
this pedigree certainly extended downward in the hierarchy to include all manner of priests. In these cases, the evidence is more clearly available and irrefutable. One of the earliest such cases involves St. Theophilus of Adena, died in uh, 538 A.D. Adena is a city in what is now south-central Turkey at the time was an important Eastern Orthodox center. Theophilus was an Orthodox priest who was thwarted in his plans to become a bishop. Angered, he then said to have had summoned the devil and made a pact with him so he would become bishop. The essence of the pact was that Theophilus would renounce Jesus and Mary and that the pact be signed in his own blood. Accordingly to most popular forms of legend, Theophilus awoke one morning to find the pact signed by both the devil and himself on his chest. Coming to his senses, he appealed to the Virgin Mary for to, to intercede for him. This was done, of course, well, it is the Virgin Mary, but nothing more than a representation of the devil, right? Certainly not of God. And the devil was robbed of the choice of soul. Theophilus went on to become a saint, and his story used as an example of how the Virgin Mary might intercede with God on behalf of sinners. Lest the reader assume that all this sorcery and alchemy uh, among prelates only took place in the distant past, however, let us look at a more recent case in Cardinal uh, uh, Mary, Marino Rampola del Tindaro from 1843 to 18, 1913, a man who would have been Pope. The story of Cardinal Rampola has been reported by both conservative and liberal Catholics. The facts are generally agreed upon on both sides. And by the way, I even have the story in Toledo. Among the least days I read that. It's just the past uh, two decades of a man accused a priest, Catholic priest, of practicing Satanism and and ritual sacrifice and having and all sorts of things. So he's dead now, but he did go to jail. So uh, the the Mason who would be Pope, of course we have one right now, so it doesn't seem to have changed much. But then again, it looks like the masonry was a creation of the Jesuits and of the Roman Catholic hierarchy B, and uh, something that's much more easier, obviously, for them to control than it was before when it was the Knights Templars. Why would they give up such a brilliant strategy of usurping and controlling other organizations? Makes absolutely no sense. Plus the banking and everything else, and then learning all the the black magic and arts uh, which uh, these institutions need in order to be in control of the rest of our lives. For Satan is prince of this world, and he has legal dominion over this world, unfortunately. And our only hope in any of this is to have abiding faith in Jesus Christ, knowing 
full well that we are in the domain of Satan. A lot of people don't like to hear that, and they find that negative. But for my research and my reading of scriptures, it doesn't say otherwise. Jesus himself said his kingdom is not of this world. So, what do we do about those things? We begin with the turbulent era of the uh, for Europe. Let's find this. What was that? Okay. The man who would be Pope. Okay. We begin with the turbulent era for Europe and the Catholic Church, a time of Bismarck and the consolidation of an alliance between Germany, Austria, and Italy against France over disputed territory of Alsace-Lorraine. Pressure against France led her to forming her own alliance this time with Russia strategically and politically, a setback for Bismarck's Triple Alliance. The year was 1890. The man who was blamed, at least in part, for this diabolical debacle was the Secretary of State under Pope Leo the Thirteenth, Cardinal Rampula. Rampula was born in 1843 in Sicily, and Polizzi uh, Gennarosa, a town that also gave us film director Martin Scorsese, really, and in the diocese of uh, so, this latter is interesting and because Cephalu was a town where English magician Aleister Crowley set up his abbey of Thalma during the time of Mussolini, the, direct, the dictator and fascist leader who eventually had him deported after news of black masses and other atrocities uh, allegedly perpetrated by the wickedest man in the world were reported in the European press. Around Polod's ambitions were great. By the time he was 32, there's that magic number again, like all these other numbers were here, he was already in Madrid acting as counselor to the papal nuncio there. At 34, he was back in Rome as secretary of propaganda Fidei, and essentially a political position. He was consecrated archbishop in 1885, then proclaimed an a cardinal in 1887, becoming the second most powerful clergyman in the Vatican. When he was appointed to appointed Leo Thirteenth Secretary of State, often seen as the stepping stone to the papal tiara, the Secretary of State wields enormous influence over the Vatican's relationship with the rest of the world. Cardinal Montini, who would later become Pope Paul VI was also a Secretary of State, for instance. In 1890, however, the deal between France and Russia against Germany's Triple Alliance was seen as a setback for the Vatican. <clears throat> and this blame was this was blamed by Cardinal Rampulia's efforts. Towards appearing appeasing the 
French, as well as the Slavic countries of Bohemia and Croatia. And then isn't that interesting that already they were getting involved with all that nonsense. All right. Prior to this, in 1848, Pope Leo XIII had issued a famous encyclical, Humanium Genius. Genius sued a famous, okay, which attacked Freemasonry in no uncertain terms. In this, he was following the precedent of previous Pope Clement the Twelfth, Gregory the Sixteenth, uh, and Pius the Ninth, among other others. Clement Twelfth had condemned the order almost from the date of Freemasonry creation, and Pius the Ninth had supported the publication of Carbonari doct- documents seized by the Alta. Then Detta Lodge, which allegedly provide, proved the desire of the Carbonari and, and by extension Freemasons to destroy the Catholic Church. Uh, Leo XIII would republish these documents, paying for it out of his own pocket. Thus was the official antagonism between Freemasonry and at the Catholic Church demonstrated in public view. But of course, from research we know it's just a friendly visit. Just a friend of the group. No show. No show. Okay. Imagine whether we could, yeah, yeah, I must keep that on myself. Indeed, the situation was especially touchy in Italy, which had seen the rise of the Carbone. Caponeri, an occult and revolutionary sect with strong ties to the Masonic lodges. Masons were immediately accepted into the Caraboneri at the highest uh, master degree, almost destroyed the kingdom of Naples. For instance, it was widely believed that Freemasons were behind the French Revolution, and of course the Jesuits were leading them. It is no secret that Freemasons performed many services for the American Revolution Uh and lodges acting as safe houses in the Masonic Network providing important intelligence during the war with Britain. General Washington and the indispensable General Lafayette of France were both Freemasons and probably controlled by the Jesuits. The Carbonari themselves had been active in Spanish and French 
political intrigue, as well as the Italian affairs of states. Of course it would be, because Rome runs everything. And everything comes out of Rome, which is in Italy. Thus the church had reasons to fear the Masonic conspiracy that would topple its worldly power as it had toppled kingdoms throughout the Europe, as there now there now a was there now a Masonic influence behind the Franco Russian pact against German German's triple alliance, of course there was. And Austria was considered solidly in the Catholic camp. Neither France nor Russia were seen as pro-Catholic, even though that's ridiculous, because France has always been pro-Catholic, even in their lowest of points, in their guises of pretending to be otherwise, they have always been at the top. There were rumors that the Freemasons were behind this new geopolitical shift. Certainly, I'm sure there will be, and they're all part of this whole scheme of taking over the whole world. They are as, uh, as the foot soldiers of uh, Rome, in this Roman Empire, and the design is to get rid of the quote-unquote Vatican and uh, this whole externalization of the hierarchy and bring it out into the front. Because forever and a day, the bishops of Rome have been controlled by Satan and this Luciferian agenda. Hence the reason why they wear their uh, Dagon mitre and have their all their satanic uh, paraphernalia around them. Oh, I didn't plain say because people, you know what? It's because we're not been properly educated in what we look at. I mean, whether Roman Catholic or Protestant or just people coming out of the Jesuit-controlled public school systems on up through uh, higher education, you never get taught these things. So you look at that and you go, oh, it's just some religious thing up and dedicated to Christ, when in reality it's all dedicated to Satan. Problem is too though the the Protestant churches are all practicing a form of, of it as well. And they're not much better, and they certainly aren't any better anymore because there's the 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 Reformation has been squashed completely, and no one will talk at all about the Jesuits or Rome. Who has any power? No one. They just won't do it because they want they're afraid of the praise of. They're afraid of their loss of the praise of men and afraid of the fact that they will be outed and be no longer part of the network. This is what happens to you. If you speak the truth, you will be isolated. One way or the other. And it turns out to be for the best. Anyways, if you're going to go follow the truth, because the majority of humanity, for some reason, doesn't want to do it. You call it the fall man or whatever it is. If they're all demon possessed or we all demon, I don't know. Are they all following the the hosts of Satan? I don't know. I don't know. In fact, according to the documents seized from the Alta Vendetta Lodge, the Carbonari, the Carbonari, the Carbonari, the Carbonari, and the Masons had intended to infiltrate the church and put their own pope on St. Peter's throne, and they'd done that. That's Pope Francis says for sure. If it's if it wasn't before, it's official now. Pope Francis said this. They almost succeeded doing in 1903. Leo the 13th, Cardinal Arampolo's uh, champion, 
died on July 20th that year, conclave of cardinals was begun in order to identify the next pope. At the first bell, then in the second, Rampala was the chair clear front runner and was seen clear to seem to clear to his nomination as the next pope of the Roman Catholic Church suddenly seemingly out of nowhere. Cardinal Puzena uh, of Krakow arose from his seat to make a sudden stunning declaration one that has not been heard since. He invoked the ancient privilege, the right of veto by the Australian Emperor Franz Joseph against Cardinal Rampola. The effect was electrifying. Firstly, what does that have to do? It's just going to show how political the institution is. Firstly, this vote veto power, known as ecclesiastical circles, as the just exclusive Exclusive, no, exclusive, uh, just exclusive uh, right of exclusion was designed to protect the church against unworthy candidates. It is not clear how the secular authorities, like a king or an emperor, was considered capable of overriding the veto the votes of the college cardinals. In fact. This right has been invoked for centuries. It opens up goodness uh, gracious getting really interesting. Oh no. Okay, Brandon. We can make it. Instead. The effect was electrifying. Firstly, this veto power known as ecclesiastical circles as the just exclusive uh, inclusive, uh, or the right of exclusion was designed to protect the church from unworthy candidates. It is not clear how the secular authorities like the king or the emperor was considered capable of overriding the votes of the college of cardinals. In fact, this right had been invoked for centuries. It opens up some intriguing possibilities, however, and one wonders what the People's Republic of China would make of it since they have been accused, rightly, of interfering in religious affairs of a t- Tibetan Buddhist and Christian Catholics. Much the dismay of the world's opinion if the, ca- if the church considered it feasible that the secular authorities would have the ability to cast a decisive vote veto in the election of their own pope, then it opens the door to other countries using 
just exclusive, just exclusive as a moral and even legal precedence for their own behavior. She would get back. Cool. Okay. All right. Back to this. So this is just exclusive and the moral, even legal precedents for their own behavior. This was, in fact, hotly debated among church historians and lawyers for centuries. And the last time it was put into effect was the exclusion of Cardinal Rampola. Austria's veto caused shockwaves that rippled through the assembly and led to Rampola's defeat in his bid to become Pope. The reason for the exclusion was not given, but speculation has since offered several various explanations. In the first place, Rampola intrigues against Austrians in favor of French would have caused some concern in the mind of Franz Joseph who thus would have an enemy on the throne of St. Peter. That argument seems rather weak in retrospect since the emperor had been had to be somewhat conjoled into invoking the right of exclusion. Another point of view supported by some documentation tells a different story. And we'll get into that in a second here. We'll see what's going on here. Correct. Correct. Okay. And this version, widely reported in the years after papal election of 1903, a Vatican watchdog, one Monsignor (laughs) J-O-U-I-N, June, uh, had uh, uncovered evidence that Cardinal Rempola was in fact a Freemason and had had been initiated into Freemasonry during his sojourn in Madrid. June was a tireless foe of Freemasonry and had written several books on the subject and was praised by Pope by Pope and monarch alike for his efforts on uncovering Masonic plots. He was especially sensitive to the presence of Freemasons among the clergy, a kind of Senator Joe McCarthy of the period. He saw Freemasons everywhere. But was Cardinal Renfrew the man who put would be Pope really a Freemason? Published records from the early 12th 
century of 20th century seem to indicate that not only was Rampola a mason, but that he had also belonged to one of the most notorious occult societies of the century. Oh my gosh, the Ordo Templi Orientis, OTO of Aleister Crowley. Imagine that. OTO and Christianity. Let's see. I'm trying to think of what I want to do here. Well, it may seem strange to link such uh, obviously opposed institutions as the quasi-Masonic OTO in the Catholic Church. There has been some crossover between the two. It points us towards a greater understanding of the role of the secret societies within the Church. The OTO was the creation of some German occultists and Freemasons in the early 20th century who claimed to have discovered the hidden secret of Freemasonry and indeed of all the occult science sects. They believed that the, that the texts of the alchemy, alchemists, the Rosicrucians, another secret society allegedly formed So he identified all occult science, and he says, it's sex. It's all about sex. <laughs> okay. Which makes sense. They believe in the texts of the Alchemists and the Rosicrucians, another secret society, allegedly formed the early 12th century, based around the legend of Christian Rosencrutz, the cultists who traveled to the Middle East and learned valuable mystical information and similar groups held encoded data of a sexual and biochemical nature it has it was believed that the rituals of the secret societies were elaborated elaborate discussions of these secrets comprehensible only to the initiates basically these secrets involved the control and manipulation of the sexual impulse for other ends, trance states, magical attainment, and the like. Of course, that would be television. Well, wouldn't it? In pornography and uh, the media and magazines and all that, right? And in this, they may not have been far off. The tantric cults of India mentioned briefly before had sexual allegories and practices at the heart of their belief system to the tantricists, sex was a kind of technology that could be explored and developed by the initiates. The, witch, the witchcraft share, scare in Salem, Massachusetts, and America in the late 1600s was another example of how hysteria, a mental state with a possible sexual connotation, contributed to fits, trances, and hallucinations. To the initiates and founders of the OTO, this sexual technology could be elaborated upon and delved more deeply and discussed in papers designed to be read only by other initiates. One of these was Aleister Crowley. In 1875, 
1947, the English magician and author of many occult texts who made no mystery of the sexual elements elements of magic, he joined the OTO and eventually claimed its leadership. In the process, he expanded upon and modified something called the Gnostic Catholic Mass. The Gnostic Mass was originally a creation of some French occultists, numbering among them the noted author of occult texts, Gerard in Kossu, also known as Papus, P-A-P-U-S. Membership in the Gnostic Catholic Church was not restricted to Christians, but included various Freemasons, members of other orders, including OTO. The Mass itself was originally a slightly modification, modified version of the Catholic Mass, but soon turned into something a lot more scandalous under Crowley's wand. Crowley took the sexual nature of the OTO mythology quite seriously. He revamped the Gnostic Mass to reflect this new attitude, employing both a priest and a priestess in the rite, who performed a kind of stylized sexual pantomime. This emphasi- to emphasize the sexual nature of the Gnostic Mass, he also incorporated the use of a new type of host, this was composed of menstrual blood and other ingredients in the form of small cakes to be ingested by the congregation after their consecration during the ritual. Some performances of the Mass are quite tame, relatively circumspect, and other justifications of the Mass becomes a more blatant lewd affair. Either case... In the eyes of the Catholic Church, it is equally blasphemous and would probably be considered a black mass. Crowley uh, Crowley's protestation to the contrary notwithstanding. Although many members of the OTO were also members of the Gnostic Catholic Church, numbering even bishops among them, their Legitimacy as priests was always in question since they did not possess valid apostolic succession, i.e., they could not trace their lineage down an approved channel back to St. Peter, the original Pope. In quotes. Though Crowley would write as late as the 1930s that he could not have performed a black mass since he was not an ordained priest. However, it seems that OTO numbered at least one ordained priest, a cardinal at that among his membership. One of the earliest publications of the OTO, the Oroflamme, published in by author or Theodore, excuse me, Theodore Russ, Bruce, a founder of the order, gave a list of organizations and individuals that were considered either members of the OTO or members of the associated groups. Numbered among them was none other than Cardinal Rampola, cited as an initiate of the uh, Catalonia Belaric Grand Lodge headquartered in. Barcelona, 
a notoriously political and even anti-clerical movement that supported the Catalonian nationalism. This group then came under the control of Theodore Roos, that's R-E-U-S-S, and the OTO by 1913, there's that magic number again, 13, the latest of the OTO itself was founded circa. I wonder what happened in 2013. I wonder if we'll find out, you know, 20 years from now, just like everything else, 100 years from now. However, this lodge had its origins in the irregular Masonic order of the rights of the Memphis and Mezram or MM or MNM. There we go. Memphis and Mez. Mazram, Mazram, which was founded in the late 18th century in France some years after the formation of the original Freemasons. <clears throat> Technically speaking, then, Rampola would have been an initiate of the MM at the time of the death of Pope Leo XIII in 1903. But the lodge to which he belonged would be incorporated as a branch to the OTO ten years later and the year of Rampolo's death. Both the Catholic Church and the OTO of the present day deny that Rampolo was ever a member of the OTO, but this claim is disingenuous while Rampolo may never have been an actual member of the OTO. He was a member of the Masonic fraternity and specifically a denomination of the order that would eventually come under the OTO. Um, I just can't say it. Agus. Okay, I'm going to try to... I hate it when I run to a word I can't spell, I can't pronounce... And there's so many of them, and it gets worse and worse as time goes on. I stumble over. I guess, I guess the protection, I guess, let's see how we pronounce it, because I'm not saying it right at all. Like a moron that I am, a moron that I am. Aegis, thank you very much, Aegis. How long will I ever... When will I ever change? They, so, once eventually, uh, this is the Rampola, and more important, this was an act of political organization. This ages nomination of the order that would eventually come under the OTO ages. Ages. More important, this was an active political organization involved in separatist politics, Catalonian independence is still a controversial subject in Spain and the territory resting as it does in the border region of France and with Barcelona as its most famous and most beautiful capital, a land with its own language and culture for Rampala to have been involved with this group is highly suggestive of a political agenda that would have been at serious odds with the church had he had he only been a Freemason with an Italian lodge the damage would have been bad enough but the details 
that have come to light largely in French and German media concerning his membership in the Catalonian Lodge tend to a rather more explosive interpretation that Ramphala, a Catholic cardinal only a few votes shy of becoming Pope, was agitating not only for Catalonian independence, but also for a messianic political agenda in general. But his bias towards France was already well known. Uh, for he, he was blamed, after all, for the formation of the Franco-Russian alliance against the Triple Alliance of Germany, Austria, and Italy. Therefore, his politics were already suspect, and the documentation supports the general mistrust of the Europe, the Emperor Franz Joseph Austria, and Monsieur Yon, Yon. Or June, that's probably what it is, J O U I N, head of him. He also has sympathized with uh, Eastern European countries, and a branch of the OTO was specifically formed to develop the Slavic region in 1910 and 1911. While Rampolo was still alive and allegedly still a Mason, had Rampolo followed the usual practice of his lodge brothers and joined a variety of Masonic or quasi-Masonic orders in his lifetime there is no doubt that he could have been a member of the OTO in any manner of other groups as well. Still, many readers still react with deep skepticism that the that a prince of the, of the church would have anything to to do with Freemasonry organization it believed to be dedicated to destruction and the overthrow of the European monarchies in general. While we have shown that the clergymen have definitely uh, involved in a cult and a magical practice, I don't know if you really did that, buddy, but you mentioned a couple times. The magical practices virtually throughout the church 2,000 years and in complete and total disregard of the church lay, law and beliefs, we have yet to demonstrate that this heady combination of religion, politics, and magic still exists to this day. And I mentioned that's true. This is this we propose to do now. Okay, I think I'll end here and... Um, the Italian Freemasons and the Vatican banking scandals. That's just a good place to start again. It's amazing how people will be afraid to touch something like this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.